All Eyes Visual Hall VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe MySight one day, the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. Do your patients know what presbyopia is? There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode. Hello and welcome to the Open Your Eyes podcast. I'm Dr. Kerry Gelb, the host of the documentary, Open Your Eyes. If you're new here and you like our interviews, press like, subscribe, share, and hit the bell to get notifications of great new interviews. Also, please leave comments. Great news, you can now watch our full-length documentary, Open Your Eyes, on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube movies and shows. Most people don't think twice about getting their eyes examined, but some avoid examining their most important sense out of sheer terror. Today's return guest, Florida optometrist, Dr. Brianna Rue, will help us alleviate those, feel, those fears and help us understand why an eye exam is not only important for proper eyeglasses and contact lenses, but for general health and eye health as well. Dr. Rue completed her residency at the Baskin Palmer Eye Institute in Miami. She is also the co-founder of Dr. Contact Lens, which is an e-commerce platform allowing patients to easily order their contact lenses. She is also the co-founder of Technify, which helps patients receive top-of-the-line eye care. Dr. Rue, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Dr. Gell. It's so welcome. It's so great to have you back and have a return guest, and it's always good to see you. Nice to see you too. So let me ask you a question. You know, this becomes routine for us, but some people really are scared when they go get their eyes examined. Why do you think that is? So I think we all kind of go to the eye doctor. You've seen the air puff test. A lot of people make fun of saying one or two all day, and they think that's kind of all that we do. We're just going to blow some air in your eye, make you make difficult decisions. You may think that you're making the wrong one. You know, they see a comedy pitch about it or, whatever it is. And being someone that sees a lot of kids, I get to experience what that fear is and bring it down to a natural level. And I think a lot of us sometimes, you know, we're sticking our heads into these instruments, not knowing what the doctor's really looking for. And so that's what I want to kind of debunk 
is we're looking at more at just your contact lens prescription or your glasses prescription and hoping that you can see when you leave. Really, the eye is the window to your soul. And you're looking from the front of the eye to you're even starting at your eyelids to the front of the eye, to the lens inside of your eye, to the back of the eye. Remember, your eyes connected to your brain makes up 60% of your brain. And we get to see all of that. And so that's what we're here to uncover. You know, you're so enthusiastic about eye care, about being an eye doctor. You see a lot of kids. Where does that come from, that enthusiasm? So I like to say that I've been an optometrist since I was in second grade. I actually, my mom, being a high nearsighted patient herself, I was having difficulty in school. We were actually on a trip to South Dakota. And I said, hey, mom, look at that sheep over there. And she's like, oh, no, that's not a sheep. It's a cow. So either she can't see or there's something going on. So starting as a patient in second grade and wearing these horrible glasses and not being a gymnast and a cheerleader, my mom actually got me into contacts in third grade. And so, you know, I get to change kids' life every day by putting contact lenses on their eyes to help them see and feel confident and see these smiles where they see their parents for the first time, it's really exciting to then, you know, go into be doing the billing and the checking in and the pre-testing to ascribe to going to optometry school and being a doctor and now getting to show other patients what I do and love about, that's where all this excitement's come from. So I've been an eye doctor for a very long time, so... So when you see kids, what are some of the more common conditions that you find with children? That's interesting. Now, having a six-year-old and an eight-month-old baby at home, so I'm that mom. Um, I also like to say that there's no guilt or mommy guilt or parent guilt allowed in my office, right? We're there to be a team for every patient that walks in my office. And so as we've seen through the last couple of years, right, a lot of screen time. And I used to give parents the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't hard to, to not be on phones or devices. Being a six-year-old, my six-year-old's never held a phone, right? He's outside. He's making inventions himself. He's using that creative side of his brain. We all learned how to use an iPhone in under two minutes of turning it on. So am I nervous that he's not gaining this part of the world? No, he's going to be able to jump right in there. But this creative functionality is what we need. We need these human connections. We need to learn how to look at each other in the eye. My sister being a first grade teacher, right? A lot of kids get diagnosed with ADHD and it's not correct. They could either have an eye teaming error issue where they're eyes just aren't focusing properly or aligning right. They could have a focusing problem where words are floating off of the page. They could be like me and not even realize they couldn't see the board and having a really hard time learning because they can't keep up with the teacher. So we've got to understand just like dentists, right? We want to see the dentist every six months. Same thing for eyes. We want to see these babies when they're six months old. We want to make sure that they can see out of both eyes, that their prescription isn't fully off where we can implement glasses early on. We can do some therapy. So there's many patients that we've actually been able to take off of ADH medications because it wasn't an eye problem. And now they're successful in school and their confidence comes back and they feel like a kid again. And so we can- yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great point because 80% of learning is through vision. And if you have a vision problem, which we know is increasing, myopia we know is is really increasing. If you could talk a little bit about what you think 
is causing the increase in myopia and and also what side effects of myopia as people get older yeah so if you think about it the whole visual system again right you have your eyelids for blinking you have your oil glands inside of your eyes for your tear film right so a lot of device time so if you think of your arm length right it's called the Harman's distance you want to go like this and you want stuff to be outside of here kids working distance is very close and so if you're up close all to, all the time with these hours your brain is telling yourself I like to see here and I need to make it easier for me to see at this distance so you actually make yourself nearsighted in a nearsighted environment now comes outdoor time we're not outside like we should be Right. And it's not just say shoving their kids outside for two to three hours. We can't do that as parents anymore because we're worried about whatever's going on in the neighborhood. But it's also, you know, taking those two, two minute breaks or getting outside in spurts of time. When you're inside, I know that my eye, I'm in an indoor environment because I have this computer reflecting on my eyes on the back. I have the back of me telling I'm inside. I have artificial lighting telling me inside. When I go outside, I take all of that away. I get to look at the trees. I actually get to look what we call infinity. And it's funny, my son's favorite number is infinity. We actually wear matching infinity bracelets. But it's interesting is that as vision keeps coming into my life and I get to share this love and passion for making the world see, you know, in one little office at a time and things like this with the podcast, there's a lot to vision than just a prescription. So some tips that you could give parents to, you know, try to prevent the kids from getting nearsighted. One is to get them outside. What are maybe some of the other tips that you may have? So again, it's looking at their working distance, making sure that their phones are outside and it shouldn't be a fight, right? It shouldn't be like, I told you to put that down. Hey, all you have to say is check your distance and know that you're on the same page. It's taking visual breaks. We're on devices more than ever, realizing that we're supposed to blink 18 to 20 times naturally. When we're in stare mode like this, we're blinking five. So not only are we eliminating a tear film, which is part of the visual system, now we're gonna lead to substantial dry eye problems as these kids get older. And a lot of these glands right there aren't even developing. So take breaks, get outside, put the devices down, make eye contact with your kids, talk to them, right? They're, we're all on this world to be human connections, right? Get back to being human. I think that's a great point that you make that some kids are diagnosed with ADHD or some kind of problem and maybe put on medication when it could just be an eye issue. Yeah, and we see it a lot. So again, we have the focusing system, we have the eye teaming system, we have the visual system to make sure that they're seeing. We have the eye alignment system. So all of that works together. And if one of those systems are off, our brain does not like to work to see. It's very lazy. And we take shortcuts all day. Your visual system is going to do the same. So if that kid's sitting there again and can't focus on the words, you may never know that his eyes are bouncing from here to here to try to follow a page. If we just do a little bit of vision therapy with tracking, a way that kid is now a successful reader without being fidgety. So you mentioned vision therapy. If you could explain what vision therapy is, orthoptics, and what kind of tests can you do to determine if somebody needs it 
And what are some of the symptoms of somebody that would need it? Yeah, so when you come in for a comprehensive eye exam, we're always going to look at your eye alignment. We're going to, again, look at how we're going to probably maybe do the puff test. I actually don't do that test in my office. We do it another way. Um, you're going to look at the front so of how, the how eye. how do you do it? We actually just, we test it a different way by using a different type of drop. And so the patients don't even know at that point what we're doing and they're not waiting for an air puff to come at them. Um, so it's a pretty seamless way that we test it. Um, but now going back into what we're testing, how close can you bring in your focal point? Where does your focal point or where does your focus like to land? If you like to focus out here, but I need to focus in here, there's a discrepancy there that we got to fix. Are your eyes working together? Does one eye like to do more work than the other? That's where you can get tension and headaches. Is your tear film actually alive and well? If you have to blink a lot, you may lose your page or your place on, this, on the page. So we're looking at a lot from a comprehensive eye exam. The prescription is maybe 10% of what an eye doctor does, but that's what people remember. They remember the one or two. So even when a patient is saying one or two, I don't even need them to respond, right? We can actually get this information by not having the patients respond. And what are some of the symptoms that a kid may have that have vision-related learning problems? So they may not be able to sit still for a long time. They may be using their, uh, their finger to track on a page to keep where they're at. They may come home with kind of this throbbing headache around their brow, um, having a difficulty just overall paying attention. So they may not have specific complaints unless you start to elicit these things because they may not even know or be able to interpret what they're seeing. Some people say that, you know, words start to float off of the page or their, blur, their vision starts to blur kind of in and out. But you wouldn't, as a parent, know to ask these things. That's, again, where a trained professional comes in to do all of these testing or all of this testing without the patient actually saying anything. MacuHealth, your science-born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. The All Eyes Visual All VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. In your office, are you using any special technology like right eye to, to help you to find kids that have uh, uh, functional vision problems? At this moment, we're not. We're able to just do some other, other testing. I don't have specifically vision therapy in my office. I work very close with a girl where uh, other doctor where I do most of the comprehensive exams and then she does her love for vision therapy. And so there may be multiple doctors that didn't get involved in this care to really benefit the patient. You know, I, one of the tests I like to do, do, one of the symptoms and one of the tests is if the kid is losing their place when they're reading out loud, they're very poor at reading out loud. They lose their place, they skip, they misread. And when, they, when it comes to reading out loud in class, they're hiding under the desk 
And a lot of times those are the people that have convergence insufficiency or exophoria. If you could tell, tell us what convergence insufficiency is or exophoria and how that could be treated. And also is that is exophoria or convergence insufficiency, number one, tell us the symptoms and the, what it could do to a child. And number two, is that something that you could diagnose from getting your eyes examined online through, a, uh, through an iPhone? <laughs> yeah, so convergence insufficiency is just a, a fancy term for us to say that your focusing system is working, but your eye pointing system is not. So again, when I'm looking at a book, I have to have my focusing system work as well as my eye alignment working. So if I'm looking at this target, and again, I, my eyes like to rest out here, I got to make my focusing system pull together where my eyes like to sit. So convergence insufficiency just means that you cannot stay focused or your eyes cannot stay aligned properly to keep things in focus. And then as far as exophoria, that means when we're looking straight ahead, our eyes like to be aligned properly, right? If we look down and in, our eyes naturally turn down and in. If our eyes stay up and out, and now we try to go down, our eyes are out here. And so again, our eye teaming system and our eye focusing systems are not working together. So a lot of times when a child that has that, when they're reading, they're going to skip words, misread, you know, have to read things over and over again to get uh, better reading comprehension. I've had patients of mine who've had convergence insufficiency or exophoria, you know, what they would actually, they would actually talk into a tape recorder and listen to it to avoid reading because that's how, that's how much they hated to read. That's how uncomfortable with it it was because they'd have to read it 10 times where they only have to listen to it once. And, and people get tired, right? That's another, they get fatigued really quickly um, is another symptom of all of this. And when you look at it, it can also, if you do one of these online refractions, it can actually give you an artificially high prescription that you may not need. So the other part of this is focusing right where the light should be in the back of the eye. If I put glasses in front of you and it's you're overcorrected and focusing behind here, your eyes got to make up for that. If I focus under focus you, your eyes got to make up for this. So it's really important that, again, we're looking at this whole visual system. The prescription is just one part of this. And if you're overcorrected or undercorrected, that's not good either. Because again, your brain does not like to work to see. Let's get back to convergence and sufficiency and eye training. What are some things we could do? We could get put prism in the glasses and there are exercises that could be done. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so we use prism, which is just a way to bend the light to where the image is. It's just a fancy term for prism, right? We all know the, the prism means and all the rays of different light come out. There's different things that we can do. When you're going into vision therapy, we actually break down the focusing system first, and then we build up the eye teaming system and then put in the focusing. So there's specific things. There's even computer-based programs where if you don't have time to bring your, your um, kid to a vision therapist, you can still get help in other arenas. But first, it has to be diagnosed appropriately because there's a lot of other eye teaming, eye focusing issues that we're looking for. Convergence insufficiency tends to be the most common, 
because um, you got to hold your eyes at a certain point or time. So many different things we can do. I want to go back to myopia because I brought it up before and I know if somebody's watching this and they said, well, we didn't answer that question. As people get older and people get more nearsight and their eyes enlarging, what are some side effects that you could have if you don't try to slow down myopia? Yeah, so being a young myope myself, think of myopia and your retina. The retina is the internal tissue that helps you see. Think of the retina as this very, very small layer of tissue. And you know those fitted bed sheets that we all love to fold, right? Think of your retina as that fitted bed sheet. You're trying to get that fitted bed sheet over your bed. And every time you're pulling, that's what we're essentially doing to the retina. As the eye is growing, it's abnormal eye elongation or abnormal eye growth. So our feet are going to grow, our eyes are going to grow, our hands are going to grow, but our eyes actually really shouldn't. They should actually grow at a pace where you don't need a prescription. When you become nearsighted, it means your eye is either too long or you have something else going on, but that retinal tissue, as you pull it and you pull it back, you're pulling on that tissue and you're pulling on that retina. What this leads to is things like retinal detachments, early, early signs of cataracts, glaucoma, myopic macular degeneration. And all of these things can be preventable if we catch myopia really early. I'm talking three, four, or five, six years old. We can actually implement strategies to where kids actually don't become myopic and end up like me. So even my son, right? I'm a high myope. My son or my husband's a high myope. You've got genetics at play. You've got the working distance at play. We're not outside. All of this is multifactorial. And so we can actually implement in early on in kids by using drops or a specific contact lens or glasses options to slow this down and actually change the outcome for these kids. So that's what myopia is. You're stretching that tissue. We don't want to stretch it. So there are ways we can, if we catch it early, that we can slow it down uh, using contact, special contact lenses. Tell us a little bit about those special contacts that have been discovered recently, now FDA approved, and there's ortho-K. There are ways to slow the myopia so the eye doesn't get as elongated. And somebody who's done a lot of ortho-K in their lifetime, like myself, it works very well. And, uh, but if you could talk a little bit about it. Yeah, so there's four different types of therapies that we can do. My younger kids, really it's implementing a drop. So atropine has been around hundreds and hundreds of years. It's not FDA approved yet in the US. We actually are part of one of the studies that's soon to get FDA approval. It's putting a drop in right before you go to bed. And what that does is it's again, preventing we think of the eye from getting longer by binding to some receptors. Then you have contact lenses. Contact lenses are so safe in kids. They're actually safer in kids than our 20-somethings and 30-somethings, right? They actually take care of them. So my youngest kid in a contact lens, she's five. She's able to put it in, take it out, life-changing for this kid. Um, we have one approved, my site by Cooper Vision, and that's FDA approved, right? Daily contact lens, they put it in, they put it out. Think of what we're doing here is if you think about the retina or the eye, like a screen. If I move this screen back, I get stronger glasses. If I move this screen back again, I get stronger glasses. What we wanna do is keep this image in front. And so we do this optically by 
is special contact lenses. Those ones you wear during the day. The other one that Dr. Gelb was talking about is one of my favorites also is Ortho-K. Think of it like a retainer or like a ring. If I put my ring on, I'm actually molding my tissue right here. And that's actually putting my prescription into my cornea. So it's kind of like LASIK, but totally reversible. So these lenses, you put them in right before you go to sleep. It molds into the cornea, the prescription that the patient has, and it prevents the eye from growing. And then during the day, when you wake up in the morning, you take the contacts out. You don't need to wear glasses or contact lenses during the day, which means you have an open eye environment. You're not actually fiddling with anything. And now you can see throughout the entire day without the need for daytime glasses or contact lenses. Amazing. I love it. Okay. It works real. It works really, really good and surprisingly good. And uh, kids adapt to it very easily. What you, what, what have you found? The same thing. So what's really interesting is, you know, we, we want to take good care of our kids and we don't want to put something else on them that, that, that we're worried about that they're going to mess up. Ortho-okay, what's really nice, it's all done at home. It's all done right before bed. You can help the ch your child put the contacts in. You're taking care of the lenses and knowing that they're properly treating them. And then during the day, they don't have to wear anything. So you're not worried about a lens popping out. You're not worried about them breaking their glasses on the, you know, the merry-go-round or whatever they play on, right? And so now they have this open eye environment. They can see and away they go. So I don't know with you, but so many patients for that one day follow-up that I see them with they were maybe reading the big E and now all of a sudden we take the lenses off and they're reading the 2020 line without anything. So mom starts crying, kids so excited. I start crying because we're all excited, right? And it's a really, really life-changing thing that we get to do with these kids. You know, sometimes the parents are a little concerned about side effects of infection. And let's talk about some of the side effects that we can get from Ortho-K or wearing contact lenses. Uh, should we be afraid of the side effects? No, so the average contact lens infection rate is about 12 infections per 10,000 people. So it is very, very limited. It's even less than kids. So yeah, there's always a risk of infection when you're putting something that's not normal in your body. A contact lens is a medical device, whether it's a daily that you have a get online or something else, right? It's something that should be managed. It is human tissue being covered by an innate object. And so things can go wrong. Oxygen is a very important piece. So if you don't have enough oxygen to the eye, then you can also get a corneal event where um, blood vessels start growing into that cornea. You can get an infection. So if something is on there, like a bacteria that can embed itself in the eye and that can cause vision loss. But again, if these are worn properly, then we don't really see these adverse events. And you said before that you're pretty nearsighted. How, what number are you? What, what, what prescription are you? So I'm a minus five and a half, but I will precursor that, that my eye is very long. It's actually 26 millimeters long. So I have a very long eye and not actually as bad of a prescription that my eye is. And so you can have a really low prescription, but a really long eye. And that's actually what we care about more. So think about the vision. It's a whole visual system. And that's what your doctor has to understand to prescribe the right treatment for you. Because as I look at you, you do have big eyes. 
<laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that before. So I'm going to put yourself in the patient's uh, place. Yeah. So what what can you share about what the patient experience should be like? The patient experience to me is very important. I want to be that caring, loving doctor that I had growing up, not a robot taking care of me when I'm 50 or 60. Yeah, I want to see technology and I want to see the doctor innovating. I want to see them bringing new things to their practice that's going to help take care of me. So when you go into a doctor's office, we all want that experience. We don't want to sit down and fill out 10 forms that have been copied a million different times, right? Mm -hmm. We want to actually make an appointment with probably out without talking to a human being, right? That can be done. I know my schedule. Let me see what the doctor's schedule is. Let's make it easy. Do they remind me of my appointment? Just having had a baby of advanced maternal age, I had to go through a lot of doctor's appointments. Had they not been reminding me an hour before, do you know how many fees I would have racked up by missing that appointment? So are they making sure that I'm taken care of? When they walk in, is it a friendly face? Are they explaining what they're doing? When I'm sticking my head in these different instruments, what are they doing, right? I want my patients to be part of this experience. And then as soon as, you know, obviously talking to them, what brought them in today? getting to know their families, getting to know their environment. And then when they leave, making sure that I actually fulfilled what they came in for. You and I are both probably guilty of this, right? You see one thing, you go off on that tangent and the patient's like, well, I was just here because my eye felt dry or hurt. And you're like, but you need this, this, and this. So actually feeling that the patient was heard. And then when they leave, making sure that I can close that, making sure that they know how to purchase from me on what I explained to them, making it easy and affordable, and that they actually have access to everything that I've done. Putting the patient back in the driver's seat, I, it's your care. You deserve to have your records. You deserve to have your prescription. And so that is the experience that I wanted, and so I built it. So since you brought that up, let's take the patient through the eye exam, what they should expect. So the first thing and uh, that some people don't even realize is the history. Why is a history so important? The history is very important. That's what brought you in there. What are your problems, right? And so patients like time and time again will come in and I'm like, you know, how, how are your eyeballs doing? They're like, I don't know, doc, you tell me. And I'm like, my response is I'm like, well, they're in your head. What brings you in today, right? And so it's actually listening to that patient. And there was a study recently done where we actually interrupt patients. If you actually, the average case history takes about 28 seconds. The average doctor will interrupt a patient at second number 18 or 19, already knowing what they're going to say to help that patient with their problem. If we actually would just shut up a little bit and listen to the patient complaint, then we actually, again, are feeling that the patient is hurt. So that case history, come in with why you're there. Don't be nervous. This is your care. Tell us. Tell us what's going on. So case history, you're going to check vision. We want to see how you're seeing far away and up close. We're going to take an image of the inside of your eye, not only on the retina side, but also the cellular layer to look at your optic nerve your um, and your macula. So gonna... just to go back for a yeah, second with history, you know, if, if you let the patient talk, they'll actually tell you what's wrong with them. They, they yeah. know what's wrong with they know They know what's wrong with them.
Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. The All Eyes Visual VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner, not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit OIEbroadcasting.com and sign up today. Since I bought Safe For You, my dad makes me clean his boat. It's natural y es un buen producto. Every time I go back to school, my mom always makes sure that I have my Safe For You products. I bring extra and my roommates certainly don't mind. It's a good thing I had Safe For You to clean up after this little guy. When my hands get dry, I like to wash them with Safe For You. And most importantly, the reason why I buy Safe For You is because it's safe for me and you.